Welcome to episode 68 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Dan Strafford. Today, we're kicking off our newest mini-series entitled The Skill of Data Literacy. In this series, we're going to explore the importance of developing the key future-facing skill of data literacy within individuals and teams. Of course, to do that, we'll be talking to Andrew Tempty himself, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you doing, Andy? Uh, doing fine. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, time right now as we're recording this. Uh, it's just before Thanksgiving uh, 2022. My wife has COVID and I don't. So uh, fortunately, we live in a, in a larger home. So I'm living down in the basement on the other end of the house and wearing my N95 everywhere, hoping that we can then get to Thanksgiving and, uh, and, and, and have a good day. So fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> and, fingers crossed. And I'm not spewing COVID out to, right. to all of you. It just doesn't work that way. So right. you can I mean, keep that'd listening. Be a whole, that'd be a whole other level of transmission if it was through podcasts. Right. Um, right. there's plenty of things transmitted through podcasts. COVID is not one of them. Right. Uh, I will say this will be a challenging podcast for me, Andy, uh, Andy and I, of course, used to work together, uh, what seems like ages ago, but, uh, I used to do a update at our former uh, employer, Kaplan, called uh, Good Day Kaplan. And data was used often, data science and data yeah. literacy. And I would switch between data and data. And it would often beguile and upset Kathleen Acton, <laughs> who is a good friend of mine, uh, to the point where she'd make fun of me for it. So I'm going to stick to data. I'm going to stick to data the entire time here. I'm going to do my best. Um, but we're, we're going to dive into this topic. And I think you... Uh, keyed in the future-facing skill, right? This is just something that uh, we know, we've heard about, uh, and that needs to be discussed in, in the business world. Uh, to get started, in your book, Balancing Act, you talk about four key future-facing skills. Can you remind us where we are on that list? Yeah, so uh, today we're going to talk about data literacy. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Uh, we've had a mini series on financial acumen, uh, also business acumen. Uh, we talk a lot on the podcast about human skill of varying varieties. Right. Uh, but so those are the four key future facing skills in the book, financial acumen, business acumen, human skill, and now that of data literacy. And I just like to uh, you know, as we close out this series, uh, note that we're being very purposeful with our words here. We're, we're talking about acumen. We're talking about literacy. We're not talking about mastery and expertise. Right. Though that's a different, that's a different thing. What we're trying to do here is to get more people in an organization uh, to, uh, to understand the basics of, uh, of these key skills. Yeah, the word literacy often carries a lot of weight, but it's it's understanding it. It's under being able to understand it and be able to be conversant in it, uh, not necessarily be somebody who is uh, 100% the leader in this field for your organization. Why don't we dive into how you would define this phrase for the layperson and, and who needs to build over time data literacy? Well, the answer is everybody uh, right. needs to build a data literacy. And uh, I'll just uh, read the read from my first book. Uh, you know, a base level understanding of data, 
how it works, where it comes from, what it can and can't do, how to visualize it, how to incorporate it it into products and services, and how to harness its power effectively. That is the skill of data literacy from my perspective. I guess what may be the most important question of this podcast is, why? What's the why behind the importance of this skill? Right. Well, I'll break this down into two uh, primary uh, focal points. Uh, The first is that in your business to have an environment where trust is balanced against accountability, uh, measurement and transparency is paramount uh, to having an organizational culture that is built upon accountability and fosters trust. So what I mean by measurement and transparency is knowing what our key performance indicators are uh, and, and, and collecting the data within our teams and sharing uh, the outcomes uh, of our Uh, what our team is producing, how our team is doing uh, with uh, other parts of the business uh, so that everybody can feel comfortable and confident that they're getting the kinds of outputs from uh, our part of the business that they need along the value chain or the value stream uh, in the business. So so that's number one. Uh, Measurement and transparency is absolutely essential. The second is that there's a lot of risk uh, with data and especially its misuse. So if you've got somebody uh, in the organization who uh, doesn't understand data privacy laws and goes rogue and uh, collects data and uses it for, and usually unintentionally, uh, for some business purpose that ultimately gets the entire business in trouble, uh, that is a big challenge. And so at a bare minimum, there is a compliance-related uh, uh, function that needs to be addressed Uh, as it relates to data, and everybody in the business needs to understand the compliance side as well as how we can use data to uh, maximize uh, trust and accountability in the organization. From what you're saying here and what we've talked about previously, you've really indicated that many companies just don't take full advantage of the data they're generating. What do you see as one of the biggest blockers to really unlocking the value of a business's data. Yeah, so there are a number of key blockers and I'm really interested in uh, what our guests are going to say here uh, to what these blockers are. Uh, From my perspective, uh, there are three key blockers. Uh, The first is ownership. Uh, And the fact, and we'll talk about this later in the pod, uh, but the fact that individuals and teams in the business feel like they own the data that they collect that's in their department and they don't want to share that data uh, across, uh, uh, you know, across the business. So there's this ego and ownership aspect that is a key blocker. Uh, this, the second, and this is probably the most important, which is incoherent tech stacks. Uh, yes, it is late 2022. Yes, technology has awesome power, but most businesses, 
almost all businesses deal with legacy technology stacks uh, where this system doesn't talk to that system and getting the data out of here and put into there in a coherent form is just, uh, it's an exercise in futility uh, many times. So those, the, those incoherent tech stacks are, are a key blocker. And then the, the last point that I'll make about blockers is that uh, there tends to be a lack of connectivity between goals, the, the, goals the, the goals of the business, the goals of the team, and the key performance indicators, meaning what we are measuring on a day-to-day -day basis. And what we need to do as leaders is ensure that uh, the, the corporate story that we're all telling is aligned with our, with our goals and that what we're measuring, what we're collecting data on, aligns uh, with that story. Many times our, KP, our KPIs are not congruent with the corporate story or the goals sure. that we're that we're driving against uh, so uh, clarity coherent tech stacks ego those are the three big blockers in my opinion you were just touching on it and we also talked before the show a bit uh, the ownership of data within an organization the risks benefits of centralization versus democratization of data management in a business can you elaborate a little bit further on this and where, where that problem lies? Yeah, I absolutely. And this is an essential, an essential bit that, uh, and I'm talking mainly about the compliance uh, part of the equation that I referred to before. Uh, the chief financial officer many times is in charge of the company's data. Now, that might uh, seem a little odd, but there are arcane accounting rules and, uh, and, and laws uh, that force a separation of duties. And in many organizations, uh, the chief financial officer takes responsibility for the, the, for the company's data. Now, that then spawns a tug of war between the technology uh, department or the data and, and analytics function, which could sit in uh, any one of those uh, two functions, or it could sit within the chief operating officer's uh, role as well. So you've got CFO, COO, and C chief technology officer or CTO all competing for this quote unquote ownership under the uh, under the banner of regulatory risk, uh, but also uh, you know knowledge and information is power. So which of those three players has the most power in the organization? Uh, and, and you do, you, 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 you get into this tug of war and the, the, the folks that pay for it uh, are ultimately the business's customers uh, because we're not unlocking the full value of data and we're, we're forcing people to contort themselves to prove why they need a certain piece of data and why that report is important. And we, we just get into these, these big fights uh, verse, uh, of centralization versus democratization. And that's a, a real balancing act that, that companies need to figure out. 
After this quick break, we'll dive into what business leaders can do to improve data literacy across their organization. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. In my book, Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com. And we are back. We teased it. We're here. We need the answer. What can business leaders do, Andy, to help improve data literacy across their organization? Well, in my opinion, the answer is make it experiential. And what I mean by that is uh, be very purposeful about linking the goals of the organization with the key performance indicators, what we're measuring the, and what data we, we are collecting. Um, utilize the concept of a Gemba board and Gemba walks. Now, the word Gemba might be, uh, it's definitely foreign. It's a Japanese term, uh, at least foreign for us here in the United States. It's not foreign if you're listening to right. this in Japan, obviously. And welcome. Yeah. But the, the concept of a Gemba board is, uh, is to increase the, that uh, measurement and transparency within a department. A Gemba board is either a physical or virtual board. It can be uh, digital as well, where the, the goals of the department are right there. Uh, what we're measuring is right on the board. Uh, what, what our outcomes are, who we serve are right, right on the board. So Gemba boards are an awesome way to get the entire team together and working in harmony to A, understand where the data comes from, and B, continually use it uh, to storytell. So then that leads to another experiential tool, which is use town halls and communication events as education tools uh, at a town hall. Pick a piece of data, pick a goal or a KPI and highlight it and show specifically uh, to the whole organization. Where does the data come from for that particular uh, KPI? And, uh, and lastly, you know, make it real. Focus on the customer. Uh, way back in one of the first questions you asked me today, uh, you know, we talked about risk of misuse uh, and measurement and transparency as the why uh, behind the importance of this skill. But the why is really the customer. It's always the customer. So you start making data collection and the use and unlocking data uh, for uh, for corporate, uh, you know, for a corporate competitive advantage. That's what makes data real for folks. So we've talked about the business side of it. I'm going to venture a guess here and say that it this educational process should not begin at work, get you begin sometime before that. Where where does this key skill start getting developed? Where should this learning begin? Yeah, well, it 
In today's world, it begins in uh, primary school uh, and at the latest in middle school here in the United States, which is our grades uh, six through eight. Uh, and, and this is uh, data and digital literacy combined. You know, those two things go hand in hand. Uh, and here I'm talking about basic coding skills, uh, basic, uh, you know, data management skills uh, should be taught in our, in our primary and middle schools and, and carry through into, into secondary schools. I believe strongly that everybody uh, in our economy should know at least the basics of how to code. Uh, and also understand the basics of where uh, where data comes from, how it's ho housed, what it's used for, what the risks of misuse are. That should all be taught very, very early uh, because otherwise you're going to have a small subset of haves, which are the data scientists and the data professionals right. that will have a lock on all of our data and everybody else will be at the mercy uh, of, the, of those teams constantly having to go to them uh, for permission and to get the data and to figure out how to use it. So the more we can democratize uh, both digital and data uh, in 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 our young populations, then uh, then we should then we should go forward uh, in in that light. Now, Dan, um, you know we're we're going to keep this episode a little short today because we've got uh, a whole host of guests joining us on, on this topic. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I just I recorded uh, uh, the the episode that follows this uh, with a gentleman named Raghu Krishnaya uh, from the University of Phoenix, and he's got some wonderful insights. But from your perspective, what have we left on the table today? What what should we ha have talked about that we missed? Well, I think you hit on so much. I, I think the responsibility, the the ownership of data is such a, a hot topic, like you said. Who who owns it at the top level? Um, but even drilling down further and saying every employee owns it too. Every employee should have that understanding, but also the sense of ownership that they can use the data that's available to help their job and help do what they're doing. It is so often the data is on high, the decision making's on high, everything's trickle down from you know the C-suite and you know eventually it gets down to the middle managers and and those doing the, you know, I always refer to as worker bees, those doing the day in, day out tasks to keep the 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 trains running on time. Um, but I think the more people have the literacy and the understanding of the underlying data, the more they should take the ownership to then utilize it properly and to, to put it into play. I will say quickly here, my new role, my new job is at a, a company that uh, largely is trying to break down these silos and make data not only available to everyone, but make it real-time data in product development and in manufacturing. And so it is that technology, right, to really democratize and, and get it in front of everyone uh, that is scary at times to people and is, is how do we use it? How do we use it properly? Are we citing the right data? Are we tracking the right data? Um, and for me, KPIs always scared me as an employee. It was always, I'm a video and audio producer by trade. So are we doing views? Is that my KPI? How many people watch this? Okay, what's my baseline? 
Well, make it up. Okay. All right. Great. So, but I think that's to the point, right? You need to do the research. You need to to find what data you have available. Okay. Now let me benchmark against other competitors or other coworkers, whatever it may be, and really own that data and own the KPI and, and have uh, the support of your manager and your manager's manager in doing that. Yeah. You know, I just, that's wonderful, Dan. And I'd just like to stress for everybody that I'm not. I'm not uh, saying that that the data scientists and the the data and analytics teams that are absolutely essential in businesses mm-hmm. uh, need to uh, somehow give up uh, their authority. Nope. Uh, businesses are going to need data folks that can build really solid data models, and most importantly, build those models so that people with a lower level of understanding of how to use data can unlock its secrets uh, within the business. And that requires a wonderful working relationship between the experts and those that uh, have a high degree of literacy to be able to bring that data to life. Too often, I see the experts uh, putting up artificial guardrails uh, to the use of data and that ownership. I own this data and you've got to prove to me beyond a shadow of a doubt why you need this data. I mean, those fights are just so corrosive to organizational culture. We talk about trust and accountability and you know those those fights. It's it's late 2022 when we we are recording this, and uh, you know the the experts should believe and rely on their expertise. Right. Uh, it's always going to be ne- ne- needed and necessary. Uh, at the same time, be a teacher and coach and mentor others on the effective use of data. That that's probably the last thing that I would say to uh, to ra- to wrap things up. I may have seen that on a book jacket at some point. Mentor, coach. <laughs> just, just pointing that out. Of course, you can find The Balancing Act uh, where you find your favorite books. Uh, the podcast is available across all uh, the major podcasts and platforms. Subscribe, rate, share, of course. Leave a comment on there. Find Andy on LinkedIn. Uh, always happy to hear from people listening or even mentioning future guests or someone you might think would be a great guest for future. Also, a uh, slow process of putting these uh, episodes up on YouTube, uh, getting them out so you can find that by searching Andrew Tempty over on YouTube or The Balancing Act with Andrew Tempty. Uh, all of that to rate, subscribe, like, share uh, on all of the various social media platforms that are out there. Until next time. You've been listening to The Balancing Act.